Hello and welcome to our very first episode of the Bar None podcast, titled so because uh, we're aiming to transform everybody's fitness, of course, Bar None. Today I'm joined by a couple of good friends, a couple of trainers from the Bar Toowoomba, uh, Ian Lockie. How are you, Lock? I am wonderful. And of course, Mitch is here with us as well. How you going, guys? Fantastic. Uh, my name is Lockie as well. That can get a little bit confusing at times, but uh, we'll call it the Lock, Lockie and Mitch show, something like that. But today, like I said, uh, our very first episode, intro, are you guys excited? Very excited. Uh, yeah, first time doing a podcast, so pretty keen to see how it pans out. Fantastic. Now, for us, uh, we obviously work in a gym. We don't want to make the podcast too kind of gym-related. We didn't want to make it, you know, what's happening this week at the bar necessarily, but a little bit of a deeper dive into some areas of health and fitness for people that, I suppose, uh, you know, when we put them in a format like this, we can bring a bit more time and attention to those little things that people can work on. Because obviously when we're in a gym, doing a workout seems like a really good use of an hour. But if we could take a little bit more time throughout the week to set up the other 140-something hours that we're not in the gym, then the progress that we get, the results that we can achieve, obviously become a little more. So today we've got a fair few things to go over. should be nice and exciting. Join us. And of course, at the end of the podcast, give us your feedback. Let us know. Leave us a little review uh, in the podcast setting, wherever you're listening on, whatever platform you're listening on today. And let us know what you would like to hear more from or any questions that you guys have, of course, in terms of moving your training forward, generally having a good time, and hopefully performing a little bit better as human beings. So today, the first thing that we wanted to talk about a little bit, I suppose uh, I'll hand it over to the guys a little and we'll talk a bit, bit about our backgrounds. I might start with you, Locke, you know, around your own gym background, you know, your sporting history, what your training looks like. Give me an idea of, of who you are, anybody who's not met you before, basically, an idea of who you are, what you do, what we do at the bar, just generally speaking, what your life's about, basically. Yeah, right, so... I kind of grew up, I was a super active but really skinny dude. Uh, played sports from pretty much grade one, two, soccer for nine years. I was always really active, but always grew up being like really skinny. So I was always kind of self-conscious about and what I look like. Would you say that's still happening? Oh, not <laughs> oh, as much no. anymore. I like to think I'm a little bigger than I was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, hit about grade 12, grade 11, grade 12. Used to be a bit of a cross-country runner. Uh, graduated high school at about 55 kilos. So I started kind of getting into the training. Like I said, I was super self-conscious. So started getting into the weight stuff, went to a gym, super nervous to start with, but over time kind of worked my way into it. Now it's been almost 10 years um, of wow. heavy weights training and now I do what I can to help other people kind of become more confident in their training and putting on muscle and all that kind of good stuff. So Yeah, I like that. I think that's, you know, obviously you and I have known each other for a long time and I, and I know that story, but... The reason why I kind of like it so much is it's very different from my story, which we'll get to very soon. But having somebody, yeah, sometimes we're, when we're, we talk about fitness or you see it all online, talk about the obesity crisis a lot, you know, it's all very weight loss related. So I love seeing people who have uh, done another side of fitness, a, a different spectrum in terms of someone who's been trying to put on weight for years and years. So I think that's cool. And Mitch, what about you, dude? What's, what's your background? You know, where'd you come from? Where'd you go? So basically, uh, very similar to Locke over there, growing up in a very uh, sporty and active household. Parents were both very sporty, both very outdoors, uh, very, very outdoorsy. So I uh, was into soccer at a very young age, um, spent a few years getting into just Little League soccer and um, mucking around with that. And then as I got a, a bit older, we moved around a fair bit. Um, my father was a police officer, so we moved quite a, um, a bit around rural, rural Queensland um, where there wasn't much sports. We had to make our own sports up, just going uh, exploring out 
in small little uh, towns like Mangalala, Roma, um, St. George, Bolin, all that sort of stuff. So um, when I got into high school, I had to move back down to Brisbane to because there was no high schools out there, just boarding schools. I started getting a bit more active in things like tennis, uh, running. Uh, I tried to dabble a little bit in um, Australian rules football, but was never... Um, I was good at the at the at the sporting and the acti- the activity sides, but the social side of things just sort of always got in the way. Just never really found myself fitting in. So in terms of team sports, I always found myself um, enjoying the actual sport, but not enjoying the social uh, the social side of things or the cultural side of things. Um, as I got a bit older, um, I sort of more got into a bit more swimming. Um, living on a farm as well, um, there's, there's not a lot of pools around, so. Whenever I did get into pools, it was a lot of fun that I really, uh, really enjoyed it. So it was more of a one-on-one thing, just me and myself out in the pool, just doing my own thing rather than being in a team. Um, and then once I graduated school, I sort of didn't really um, have much direction um, in terms of being physically active. So I ended up buying a motorbike with my cousin and we got into a lot of motor, um, motocross fitness. So a lot of, you know, center of mass training, a lot of cardiovascular training, things like that. So I spent a quite a few years just getting around a motor, um, a motorbikes. Once I sort of figured that it was more of just a hobby, wanted to get out of that, spending too much money on that, um, I started getting into a bit of bodybuilding because I would, um, I wanted to um, play rugby league. So where I'm from uh, in Warwick, we want, I wanted to play for the Warwick Cowboys, and I realised I was a bit small there, so I wanted to put on a bit of muscle mass so I can get into the front rowers or the second rowers. Um, and then predominantly from there was just mainly bodybuilding, but then I realised I wasn't enjoying it enjoying it as much as I uh, should have been. And that's when I transitioned into my now current training status, which is I have fallen in love with and which I will probably train with for the rest of my life is CrossFit. Um, yep, I can see all the guys rolling your eyes, but uh, <laughs> CrossFit will be my number one training um, status from now on. Nice, man. I like that. It, it's um, very interesting that both of you guys actually grew up playing soccer. Explains a lot, actually. So, oh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, yeah, that's good. Like, uh, for us, you know, introducing, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my background in a second and, and where we're going, but it's probably a little bit more where I'm interested. So, like, what, who are the kind of people that you really like to help? Obviously, at the bar, you know, we focus on helping as many people as we can. Anybody who walks through, through outdoors is welcome. But for you, what kind of really gets you going or, or what kind of result do you help people create? So, my favorite way of kind of training people is always the building more muscle, uh, building strength, that kind of stuff. And that's purely from the type of background that I've had coming up from being super skinny. So I like seeing people get more confident and start to build that strength up and just seeing the excitement when people actually like might be able to get a lift that they've never gotten before, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but anything that's, you know, someone's come in uncomfortable and making them more comfortable in the way they feel is really yeah. the thing that, you know, keeps me doing what I'm doing. Yeah, and that's it's, it's not as... Uh and niche as it sounds sometimes to a lot of people because when you do start training, of course, we focus and specialise in helping people who walk through the door. They might never know what a deadlift is, obviously, uh, like a, like most of the general population don't. But getting people intrigued in the whole side of lifting, even though that wasn't necessarily their primary goal when they first came in, getting them excited is, is, is always exciting for me to see, obviously, something that you love as well. And Mitch, what about you, mate, in terms of that same question, helping people... Know, who is it that you really like to see transform? Um, definitely on the same uh, same road as Lock there, um, getting people who want to come in and want to make an absolute change and just want to dedicate themselves to their own fitness journey. Um, some of the ones that really stand out, though, I've had a few of those uh, in my time at the bar. They've walked in and they said, oh, I want to get um, more 
um, fit for football or I want to um, just train for a specific purpose. So things like a sporting purpose or any kind of um, outdoors or, you know, club, club, club sport type deal. Um, that really um, piques my interest and I always love to um, challenge myself uh, to make sure that they get the absolute best, um, best results that I possibly can. Fantastic. All right. And look, the whole goal of the podcast really is to make sure that we, you know, can help people transform themselves more. So whether you are somebody who is training in a gym right now, whether you're somebody who's looking at getting into it, you know, taking those very first steps, which we always know can be a little bit scary. You know, that's the whole purpose of the podcast. And what we're moving on to in just a little bit is talking a little bit around some of the, the kind of mistakes that we've made in the past. You know, we don't want this to be like a holier than thou sermon. It's more about We've we've collectively, I'd probably say, have messed it up every single way that there that there is to in a gym, and uh, I think bringing light to those experiences and helping people avoid the same mistakes is always going to be helpful as well. So, yeah, I, and I mean to talk about my background a little bit, I was kind of similar or, or even a combo of you guys because I know Mitch, you you struggled a little bit with your weight growing up, is that right? Oh, massively, massively, yeah. yeah. I was always a very chunky kid. Yeah, I was just definitely in the same boat, chunky. That's such a fun word, <laughs> fun way to put it for such a traumatic experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, it's funny because like uh, I was uh, more of an overweight kid, not, not super, super overweight, but at the same time, I, I definitely copped it a little bit and got bullied through high school and all that fun stuff. Uh, but we're a very active family as well. I think a lot of us in this generation didn't grow up mostly with parents that went to gyms because it's a relatively new thing. Probably the last 20, 30 years really have gyms sort of come into their own, particularly in Australia. Uh, but, you know, mum would go walking, dad would have a big day of physical labour, and then, of course, exercise outside of that. The only other exercise was sporting activities. So rugby league, tennis, you know, whatever code of football it was, whatever sport was going, cricket in the summer – know gravel pitches in the backyard and all that kind of stuff but for me yeah being overweight uh, the gym was a way for me to take back control of that you know coming out of out of high school at into university and then finally figuring out that i could put the very things that we're talking into place in place and make such a difference with how i looked and how i felt i think that was a real coming of age moment for me in terms of knowing and understanding that the effort that i put in if i put it in in the right way and to the right places actually made a difference and really, really paid off big time. So I think that's, you know, one of the most exciting parts. So how do we feel so far, boys? Pretty good? Yeah, feeling great. Excellent. I well, just wanted to ask a question just back yeah, at you there, yeah, um, Locke. Um, so as I know, you've got two brothers. I do, yeah. Do you think growing up with two brothers definitely helped with your, um, you know, sporting side of things and being physically active? I think it, it absolutely did because we would spend all of winter, every afternoon we would go and kick the football. Mm. And somehow I was still fat. I'm not really not sure how that works. But uh, every afternoon we'd be outside kicking the footy between the three of us, and whether it's kicking it, passing it. We'd probably spend close to an hour a day doing that. Mm. And every summer we would, probably not the most physically active thing, but we'd sit on the couch every time there's a five-day test on, that's what we'd be watching on the school holidays. And in between, whenever you know the lunch break was on, the adult stuff, the boring shows, the you know, whatever it was, we were out in the backyard playing cricket. So... I definitely think it made us more competitive. Uh, definitely think it gave me a great background for obviously being involved in competitive fitness, having competed in strongman for years, uh, and of course recently doing a CrossFit competition. I think that really helped in that aspect because I'm willing to push myself a little further than probably most people would say they are in terms of training and then on competition days as well. Yep. Uh, but to give you an idea, like growing up with two brothers, how many brothers have you got? 
I've got three. Okay. So you know what it's like, right? Yeah. You got everything is a competition. Big time. Like me and my younger brother, we both had the same first job. So I started a bakery uh, that I worked at when I was 12 years old. And then he started when he was 11, which is like a year later. And at that age, we were very competitive at each other's throats all the time. Yeah, we didn't get on real well at that age. Great friends now. But uh, everything, every single thing you can imagine was always a competition. And uh, I remember one day we had a punch up over who could uh, wipe benches down better. So Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, it was like, there was no love lost, you know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, if there was uh, any hint of like, I could do this better than you can. It was very much a, uh, a you know, it was on for young and old. So. It's funny you say that because even though I had four boys in my family, including myself, I had 11 male uh, cousins as well. We're all very, very close. Families were very, very close. We were always over. So the competitive side of things definitely was a prominent part of my growing up as well. And I can definitely relate with everything you, you just said. Yeah, fantastic. I think, like, not a lot of people give back credit to how much your background influences the way you approach health and fitness in the modern age. You know, we, we just kind of think sometimes that once we get over that hump of, you know, you're 20 years old, you're 25 years old, you're into your 30s, life's cruising by, everything's just sort of going. We tend to base most of what we, we think we're doing or, or who we are on what's happening around us now. But I certainly see a lot more, and of all the hundreds of people, thousands of people we've worked with at the bar over the years, you do start to see similarities and patterns based on people's childhood and how much their parents exercised, you know, how much uh, that was a part of their life. So you guys obviously would have seen that as well, right? Someone whose parents, you know, working out was something that they always done, made time for with the kids. Maybe they didn't have physical jobs and they were on the earlier side of, you know, let's all go out and, and do a workout together or go for a walk or get active. They're the people that are finding it easier and easier to build it as part of their lifestyles almost so that it would be alien to them without it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not the way that the, the general Australian population exercises today, is it? No, I think with what you're saying before, just getting outside, passing around the football, playing cricket, just with a social side of thing, with mates, brothers, family, whatever it is, you know, it's definitely more of that sort of, uh, that sort of thing. Absolutely. I think as well, you know, obviously Australia faces an obesity crisis. It's something that's not always talked about in the day and age of talking about health crises is, Unfortunately, it's uh, not a very popular one, but I think it's like 71, 72% of Australian adults are obese or overweight, which is just, a, you know, it's a pretty shocking statistic. And so that is what we're going to try and tackle a little bit more of uh, throughout our next little runs in, at, at this podcast too. I, I dare say we're not going to solve that overnight, but, um, but it's worth talking about because in talking about those statistics, inside those numbers, there are real people and real stories people who struggle with their weight their whole life. Uh, maybe they're bullied like I was. Maybe they struggle with self-confidence. You know, maybe they even as well. You know, the other side of that is people who are smaller, getting bigger. Just generally improving themselves is is obviously what we're aiming for. So moving on, we've, we've got a fun little section. I think something that, that you guys are going to enjoy and it's something that I didn't actually prep you for. So this could be interesting. But um, I want to know what, what you think is the biggest mistake you've ever made along your health and fitness journey? Oh, well, mine's probably, mine's a bit different um, to what you kind of expect from a lot of people. When I first started training, I went in just absolutely blind, but I went nuts. I spent the first couple of years of my training just training crazy, not worrying about my eating or anything like that, but just really pushing as much as I possibly could every time I was in the gym. Um, 
but not kind of going about it a smart way. And because I didn't go about it a smart way, I really ended up injuring myself. I wasted years of training that I could have actually spent actually making progress. Um, so I think my biggest mistake, if I look back at it now, would be to take a step back, start a little slower. I wish I had someone to actually tell me what I was doing rather than just reading through the internet and being like, oh, this guy does this, so I'm going to follow this and a little bit of hit and miss from all over the place. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me was take a step back, go about it a little bit smarter, and I wouldn't be dealing with all these injuries that I'm currently dealing with from just being stupid when I first started. I think for me that's, that's probably the number one thing um, was actually slow down, be smart about it. And I yeah. think a lot of people can kind of take that same approach because something I notice a lot with people as well is everyone's, you get that little boost of motivation, you go crazy, only last four weeks and then something yeah. happens and then you fall off the wagon and then all of a sudden you're injured or you're back to where you started so i think slowing things down is one of the best things that we can do yeah absolutely i know look for me that probably mirrors my biggest mistake as well which is going too hard too fast probably in a little bit of a different way so training is always one of those things that i find you know obviously if you're starting from nothing and then you're going to jump deep into things and it'll wind up ruining yourself for three or four days or maybe even a week if you particularly sore but for me uh one of the things in the big mistakes and we see this a lot from our clients someone who comes in off the street wants and is ready to transform themselves they kind of have that moment right you guys probably had it as well like that look in the mirror moment and you're like jesus like i need to do something about this and they get there you know they're they're ready to go they're super keen they're, they're very excited and then what tends to happen is they start to create their to do list and it's you know i'm gonna get up every morning at 5 a.m. I'm going to make sure I drink five liters of water a day. I'm going to, you know, do this very, very strict meal plan. I'm going to cut out all sugar. I'm going to do no junk foods whatsoever. I'm not going to do the normal takeaway. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to say no to social events or show up and not do any alcohol. And all of a sudden, you know, we've gone from nothing. You know, we've gone from zero kilometers an hour to 250 in terms of i got to cut everything out and i got to do everything I can. In your experience, what's the big problem with that? You burn out really quickly. One small thing will knock you off like that. If if that's the biggest thing that you've done and you've not experienced any of it, it's hard. Like going that quickly into something is difficult and it's draining and it'll weigh you down very quickly. So I think just taking the time is it's going to pay off in the long run. Absolutely. And it's like you kind of got to talk yourself off the ledge every time because if you're anything like I was, you'd, you'd go through and you'd do all of those things. And you might do them all for two or three days. And it gets to Thursday normally. You know, Monday Monday to Wednesday is pretty easy for most people most of the time. It gets to Thursday. And then all of a sudden, you know, end of, week, end of the week is coming. Your co-workers, they're all ordering KFC. And they're like, hey, do you want some? There's pe- free pizza in the boardroom. You know, I know some workplaces, and this boggles my mind. And it actually doesn't surprise me as much as it should, which is probably the worst part, is, you know, some workplaces are still doing things like Fat Food Fridays where you bring, everyone brings in some junk food and we all share on a Friday. Um, but you imagine that's happening and now you're faced with stuff that's just naturally in your environment, but you're going to have to try and be forceful with your willpower about, which is very, very difficult. Bit of decision fatigue, you know, you've worked yourself down across the week, you're sore, sorry, tired, all of a sudden it's Thursday and it's very easy for one of those things to slip, which then tends to get very emotional, you know, People aren't necessarily in the best place when they start a health and fitness journey. A lot of the time they're beating themselves up. A lot of the time it's, you know, they're, they're not saying very, very kind things in that internal dialogue to themselves in the mirror. And that is, you know, what gets them started and what gets them inspired a lot of the time. And so you can be turned into something productive and useful. But I know for me that always started that conversation again, like, geez, you, you've effed it up again. You've buggered this all. Like, this is not, 
you know, this is exactly what you did last time, basically. Just feeding into those limiting beliefs of, I don't think you can actually do this. And then it's almost like talking yourself off the ledge each time because you do it, you make the mistake. In a healthy situation, you just move on. You know, you just move on, keep on trucking. You know, a little slip up is 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 a once off, twice is the start of a new habit. So as long as we can sort of get back on the wagon sooner rather than later, we're pretty good. So, you know, you go through that, you make the mistake in an unhealthy relationship with it, you tend to then hate yourself a little bit more. You then have that moment maybe a week later when you start to look in the mirror again and think, so this this time is time, it's gotta be different. And what's the very same thing you start doing? Creating that big long list again. So I think that was my biggest mistake. It took me quite a few years to get away from that style of training, you know, yeah, away from the, I've been eating like crap, I've been training like crap, so I'm going to turn it all around right now and really push hard. And Mitch, what was that mistake for you? Um, I think my mistake was I definitely went into it um, looking on online, like I was looking at like, what does Mark Wahlberg do? What does C.T. Fletcher do? What does this actor or this athlete, what do they do? I was searching their workouts online. I was buying men's health magazines every single week. I was um, using them as gospel. I never went into the gym once and figured out what worked for me, what where, where, where I was in terms of what weights felt comfortable, uh, how long I can go for a gym session for, like what my schedule felt, uh, felt like um, without it being... Um, completely dominating my day. Um, and then the biggest mistake I made was I uh, thought supplements were the answer. So there was a supplement shop in Warwick that I went straight to and I think I spent 200 plus dollars on the um, first um, purchase I ever did. Uh, protein powders, creatines, pre-workouts, all that sort of stuff, uh, amino acids. And I went in there thinking that that was going to be the answer. So I was taking all these supplements and I was working out with what I thought was a good workout. I was gaining all this weight because these supplements weren't getting burnt uh, effectively. I was eating all this food thinking that I was going to be gaining muscle like C.T. Fletcher or Mark Wahlberg. I was going to be this <laughs> big uh, unit. And next thing you know, I started to resent the money I'd spent on my membership, my personal training sessions, my supplements, the food. I started to resent everything because I was going backwards. I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. I was completely just shooting myself in the foot um, with training, I was wasting a lot of time and what I should have done is gone in there and I should have just asked a professional for their advice, should have just um, put my ego aside and jumped off uh, all, the, all the multimedia and just asked a professional. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Like, we're in the age of information, it's, you know, it's probably, probably an arguable statement, but people have been never, or never been less informed. You know, there's so much information out there. Like, I think if you just jumped on YouTube, I don't know if it would be humanly possible anymore to consume just the fitness-based content on YouTube, like just anything health or fitness-related, even if you dialed it down into just bodybuilding content or just CrossFit stuff. I don't think in the average person's lifetime with how much stuff now is on YouTube, like, you know, there's so much information on there. Absolutely, and you don't need to look very far, uh, don't need to look very far to find uh, things that are going to be on uh, bodybuilding, CrossFit, as well as physiotherapy or uh, remedial massage tips, um, re recovery tips, eating tips, absolutely everything you could possibly find for yeah. free on YouTube. The trouble is it it's not very helpful, is it? You know, it's it tends to be, uh, okay, well, we'll pick this very specific thing that we're going to fo focus on for today, and, and that might be helpful or, or, or uh, you know, interesting or, or useful to a very specific population. But a lot of the time, the way that 
marketing is done leads us to make these mistakes early into our fitness journey. You know, for you guys, you would have seen it all the time. You see all these ads that pop up. If you go and watch a fitness video on YouTube, you're probably going to get targeted with one of those ketogenic ads. Have you guys seen them? You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. You get it, and it's always this ripped dude, right? And he's massive. And this guy, you know what? Like, he looks better than most people I've seen training for 10, 15 years, and he's absolutely shredded. You could tell that this guy has put in the hard work. And even some people might say, look, the, you know, these guys are using steroids, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But regardless of the fact whether you're using steroids or not, you can't get away with not doing hard work. Oh, so you can, you can tell if you're in the fitness industry or you've had experience with that how much work has gone into this guy's body, right? And the ads are always the same way. There's always one secret, right? <laughs> There's always one, oh, your doctor doesn't want you to know this. Your naturopath doesn't want you to know this. Your personal trainer is, is, is shitting themselves at home hoping that you don't figure this out, right? Your gym doesn't want you to ever figure this out. And it's always based on what they're selling, right? It's always some agent secret. Like if they're selling home workouts, it's like, oh, your gym doesn't want you to figure out that this ancient secret way of training your body with just your body weight can help you get all the results in seven minutes a day. It's always hyper-specific like that, right? And the ketogenic ads are always the worst. Not that there's no merit to the keto diet. Of course there is. But at the same time, you've got some massively jacked guy. He's super shredded. He's very low body fat. And all he's got to do is suggest that you have a problem. That's exactly how their marketing style works. If they can get you to believe that, ah, this is the reason why you haven't been getting the su success that you want. Not that you didn't consult a professional. You know, not that you didn't uh, have an effective training program. Not that you didn't consistently stick to whatever it was that you were trying to do for a long enough period of time to get reasonable, tangible results, expected results, right? Because we know for us, like, it's not a mystery. When somebody comes in off the street, they walk into the gym, they, there's not much that surprises us these days, would you guys? Yeah, I agree with that. It's pretty fair to say. There are people who have goals that are more specific than others, but nobody's coming in reinventing the wheel. Like if somebody said, you know, they come in and they say, I want to grow a tail. I mean, <laughs> we, you know, yeah, we, we would just be at a loss because we know nothing about that. Is that even possible? But if there's stuff, YouTube it? <laughs> I, mean, I think actually I reckon the amount of stuff, if you've ever been on one of those late night benders and you go down like the YouTube rabbit hole, oh, yes, there'll be some guy on there and, he will, yeah, there, there'll be a tutorial, absolutely, for sure. I'll have to go look. <laughs> some, some easy five-start steps. It'll have, like, a bunch of dubstep as the, <laughs> the intro title. And, um, yeah, but uh, there's uh, something on YouTube for everything. And so back to what we were saying, you know, the, these guys, all they got to do is suggest that you've got a problem because it makes you start thinking, oh, shit, maybe that is the thing that I haven't been doing. Uh, it, how many times have you guys heard, I've, I've tried everything? Oh, all the time. Yep. So many times. How complex, in relation to that statement though, how complex would you say health and fitness actually is? And I don't want to offend anyone because we're talking about health. This is our whole life. It's going to offend anyone. It's going to offend us. How complex do you guys think health and fitness actually is? Easy, hard. It's really complex. quite basic. Um, in terms of the things that actually work, there's, there's one or two things. You focus on that and you're set. That's yeah. going to get you better results than 90% of things that you see on the internet. Absolutely. People skip that stage. Yeah, and one of the things we talk about a lot is Pareto's principle, which is that 20% of the results that you, sorry, 20% of the actions that you take are going to get you 80% of the results. And where most people start to deal with is the 80%. They start putting in 80% of the effort for the opposite, 20% of the results. That comes, like if you're an athlete, 
maybe you're a professional bodybuilder, maybe you really want to push your performance, maybe you've got a great base level of fitness, and this is now more than keeping yourself in great shape. You know, it's more than I'm going to make sure I feel good and be able to run around with my kids and, and look after myself, right? And now it's it's competitive performance. Yes, we can do more, but it, it happens so often for us. Like, would you agree, Mitch, health and fitness is at its core quite simple? Of course, yeah, absolutely, I do agree. Yeah, and so for us... You get these these marketing ads back to these ads, and, and they're always like, "Oh, we're going to teach you to to burn this like jet fuel." You know, your body is missing this secret ingredient, and it's always the same. Here's what you're missing. Here's what you didn't know. Here's what that that one thing. This is a reason for all your failures, all of the, the the reasons that you've struggled in the past. This is it, and they boil it down to that. And then, of course, what comes with that is them trying to sell you whatever they're selling. Whether that's, you know, we've seen it. Do you guys remember Garcinia Cambogia? Like, uh, no, I can't say I've ever heard it. It was like a real popular, like, midday mum's Dr. Oz type supplement. Like, it was massive about maybe 10, 15 years ago. Uh, before my time. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> um, you know, we've seen it all. The Abswing Pro, do you guys remember that? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. yes, yep. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, my wife. Maybe Abswing Pro, the Ab Circle Pro. Um, One of many. Yeah. One of many. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always, they're always reinventing. And um, I like how they call it pro all the time. I'm not sure what that means necessarily. Where's the amateur? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we all need, actually. It's funny that they call it pro because not a single professional athlete in the world, someone who's lost a significant amount of weight, you know, no doctor, no actual professional is recommending that stuff. And even the models who are promoting it on the infomercial aren't even using it in their spare time. Absolutely not. You know, I, I think you obviously you can't go through and survey all of them, but... If all this stuff works, you know, and I don't want to pick on the infomercial guy, but you know the guy who does all the infomercials, uh, like his name is James something or other. I think he's, I think it's alliteration based name, like very infomercially named. You know the guy, he's always on Sunrise. He's always on like you know, oh, the morning yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you said Sunrise, I get it. Yeah. He, you know, he sells the clever knives now and all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. And the other Johnny guy or whatever his name is, he, and he's quite, quite a big dude. And that doesn't mean he's a horrible person by any stretch of the imagination. He just, he's a bigger dude, right? Let's be honest. If all of those things work, what I want answers to is why are those two blokes in such poor physical condition? <laughs> if, if you've seen it all and it is as easy as they say, why are the very people who are standing right next to it always struggling with it? I think it's a, a question worth asking. And uh, on that, you know, other stupid things that come to my mind, the vibration plates. You, you guys oh, seen those? Yeah. I've oh, been yeah. asked about them many times. Many, many times. And it's the same thing. Like, if you look at that pattern, it's all the same. What is it? They promise you the world. You know, you can do this in 10 minutes a day. I think I think one thing with those vibration plates, I've had people ask me about them before, and they've asked me to, if they can incorporate them into their programming. And I myself have never actually once, and I should do it, go and research uh, how efficient or how effective they could be or what they even do. And I've asked people before, like, do you think it works? They said, oh, I've lost this amount of kilos, X amount of kilos using yeah. the vibration plates alone. And when you delve a bit deeper, every single morning, you think they have actually added on a walk or better eating, yep. less alcohol. They've incorporated so much more factors into their diet or their daily routine, but they blame the vibration plates, and then they give it more, you know, more boost or more uh, fuel. Absolutely, fire. yeah. And it's the same thing they say at the bottom of the screen every single time is participants used a diet, a controlled diet, and yada, and they made other changes. So, absolutely, I think I think they actually have some benefits in terms of blood circulation. I can't be sure on that. Yeah, looking them all up. But just generally speaking, anything that's sold on an infomercial like that, fitness-wise, that promises you the one secret, 
the you need to do just this and that's where how you'll get shredded. It doesn't work. You know, I, I've been in the fitness industry for eight years. You'd be very similar, Locke. Mitch, are you about the same? Uh, five years. Now. Five years. Have you ever seen anybody who successfully transformed their lifestyle using a simple product like that, like a five minutes a day thing? Never. Not once. Not even the shake away. <laughs> Mitch uh, is a big fan of the shake weight. I do. I am. Yeah. Um, so, look, between us, and I'll probably say, like, we've worked with probably a couple thousand people between us. I'd say so. Like, it's just, it doesn't happen. It's it's not like, it's not like they lead you to believe. They, they post up all these pictures of all these success stories from the the infomercial. And I think probably a more interesting way to look at it, actually, is could we get results with an AbSwing Pro? I'm sure we could if everything else was right. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. if we only had an AbSwing Pro to use... I, I know what my approach would be. What would your guys' approach be if someone really wanted to lose weight and they, all we had access to was an AbSwing Pro? Diet and then... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah be to get the eating sorted, right? Yep. And then maybe a little bit of AbSwing Pro and then other bodyweight exercises because bodyweight exercises are still better than AbSwing Pro. Absolutely, yep. And, you know, so even with that saying, you know, it comes from three personal trainers who worked with a lot of people, lost weight themselves before, put it all on, you know, been around the block a few times. The infomercials, the, the keto ads, all that kind of stuff, they rely on your own insecurities to sell. And you know, they really rely on you being like, hey, hang on a minute, I do have this problem. And finally, I've found the solution in terms of what can help me. But quite often, they cost you a hell of a lot of money and then don't end up working. And, and that's what we were kind of talking about before. Is It's funny that even in this day and age of so much information, there's so much content out there, it probably makes it harder than ever to make decisions around what it is that you should actually do. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, yes. So from here, I suppose, you know, kind of wrapping things up for today and, and leaving people with something, what would your suggestion be from here in terms of, you know, is it keep it simple? Is it, you know, what, what's the message? What's the takeaway from today? I think one of the biggest things that people can start with is, just start really small and do something. If you're someone that hasn't done any exercise and you get up and you start walking once a day, you're already moving forward in that direction. Your body's going to start to change from that. It's going to be just enough to kind of get you on the way. So don't make it hard. Make it super simple. Do things that are easy on yourself to start with and you'll start to slowly build that up like a bit of a snowball effect. Absolutely. I think that's a that's a key thing is like anything that you can do consistently for a long or re even a reasonable period of time, you're going to get good results with as long as it's obviously headed in the right direction. It's actually, it's a great question. It's one I asked my, my personal training clients just yesterday afternoon in their session. If every week was like last week for them and for you guys, I'll, I'll ask you the same question. If every week was like last week for you, where would you be in a year from now? Well, that, that sparks some deep thought. Thinking about last week, a year from now, um, unfortunately, I don't believe I will be where I wanted to be. I do believe that... On last week alone, I would have to spark uh, a bit more inspiration, a bit more motivation in myself and my journey going forward. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I was pretty similar. You know, I'm like last week, I wouldn't be confident in it. I'd be like, like I'd be in, in decent condition, but I was like, I didn't probably move the needle forward as much as I as I wanted to. That doesn't mean I had to achieve everything last week, but if last week was every week now for the next year, I'd, yeah, I got some concerns. What about you, Lock? Um, Now that I think back on it, like I... At first thought, I thought I'd had a good week, but then I think back and there's things like, I remember one night I was like, oh, I could have an ice block. 
So I kind of had myself an ice block and I didn't think about it at the time. But if I think back now, that's one of those things that over time is going to add up if I did that every single week. Just the small things that I really could have dialed down and continued to improve upon. Yeah. And probably with very little effort as well. You know, like I, I was similar with the same. Like I tracked my calories every single day last week and I nailed my targets. But then thinking back and I'm like, man, the quality of food that I'm eating on some of those days, if I did that that many times a week for every week for the rest of my life, I know I wouldn't be kind of happy with that. So it kind of, you know, with what we were saying is, is what we do consistently obviously bears fruit and bears results. And if you did that consistently every single week across the course of a year, you know, results will happen. They'll come. And it is one thing that I like to talk about with people, particularly our clients, is helping them understand that your body is a reflection of the things that you do on a daily basis over a long period of time. And so the 71% of Australians right now that are obese overweight, these these people and, and knowing these people and helping these people, right? This is not a judgment podcast statement, anything like that, of course, right? We've been in this situation ourselves. So the 71% of people are living a lifestyle that has contributed to that result across most of the population. 71%, 7 in every 10 adults, 7.1 adults. Someone's, you know, just a little part of someone else. Yeah. <laughs> no. But 71% of adults struggling with that. And you can kind of dial it down and see it's the way that we're living, not necessarily the fact that we don't know what we're doing. You know, on average, human beings move six times less than we used to compared to our ancestors. You know, the quality of food that we're eating is poorer. You can jump on Uber Eats and order a bunch of crap delivered straight to you with no effort apart from a few clicks of your thumb. It's, it's insane that the world we're living in. If you take that, right, it sounds, sounds dreary. It sounds kind of gloomy. But if you take that and you just flipped it on its head, hang on a minute, the results that so many people are getting is because they're doing things consistently, well, it actually becomes pretty powerful the other way. Hang on a minute, the results I could be getting if I was willing to do a small amount of things consistently in my life, you know, it completely flips the script and makes it a lot easier to approach with your own health and fitness. And so, you know, Mitch, what, what's your biggest takeaway for today? Uh, biggest takeaway from today that we sometimes just need to take a step back. Don't try to uh, rush it. Don't try to go 100 miles an hour. And uh, of course, make sure you just be uh, just just give yourself a reality check. Don't go in there and say I saw this person who's a friend of mine who has a different body than I do, a different lifestyle than I do, different um, responsibilities than I do. They did it in this amount of time. I'm going to do it that amount of time. Mm. Go on there with a a clear a clear view. Um, open eyes and just just respect the process and trust the process. Fantastic. Well, look, guys, that's all from us today at the Bar None Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We always appreciate your time and your lovely ears listening to us, of course. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week, next fortnight, with another podcast, of course. So if you've enjoyed it, make sure you leave a review for us. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you keep up to date. And, of course, can jump in and listen to our very, very next episode we hope that you, you got a lot from the podcast today. We hope that you use it to transform your own health and fitness. Remember, that's what we are here for. Uh, signing off. Uh, see you guys later. See you guys Thanks next time.